Welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. I'm Jeff, and as always, I'm here with these good-looking guys who've got really great smiles. Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Hey, smile, you guys. Smile. You look better when you smile. Uh, this episode is the Mount Rushmore of smiles. Who thought of it? This is one of mine, and I'll tell you the origin story. And uh, Richard, I don't think that uh, this uh, a guy who made me think of it will be on your list. So I'm going to throw it out there. So um, a number of weeks ago, Emily and I were watching a movie from the 90s called Disclosure. And that's a kind of a Michael Crichton uh, based movie based on one of his books. And um, in the movie, the CEO of whatever kind of dinky Michael Crichton, like tech company, Megacon or CompuCom or... <laughs> Whatever it was, is uh, uh, Donald Sutherland. And Donald Sutherland uh, has this amazing, like, weird, like, chipmunk kind of rodent smile that I just love. It was just, like, it's like real small, and, like, his lip comes down, and he kind of looks like he's, like, this little mouse that has gotten away with, like, the piece of cheese when the trap has, has fallen. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. I think he's got such an incredible smile. And Emmy's like, you're, you're insane. You're so, so stupid. This, and I was like, well, okay, let's, so we started, you know, um, uh, just talking about it a little bit. And I was like, I kept coming back to like, I don't know. He's, it's like, he knows something. He's what a great, what a great smile. So that's, that was the origin story of why I started thinking about this. Uh, but uh, my list is um, wildly different now. Okay. All right. Well, awesome. Michael, Michael, you thought of it. Richard, you start. All right. My first choice is the Mona Lisa. Also on my list. That was has yeah. to be on the list. No brainer. Okay. Yeah, this is we, we might as well just skip it and go on to Michael's pick, <laughs> next pick or whatever. I don't even know how much we need to talk about this. No. It's the most famous iconic smile in human history. And it's not really even that much of a smile. It's more I was almost thrown off because in our Facebook chat that we have about topics. Michael said something about no grins. No, no, no. I, when I was <laughs> the types you know, of I, grins, uh, it was just like you know, like if you know, sometimes we're uh, we can kind of be like jerks on here, and then you know, uh, if no. if uh, uh, you know, the topic last week was like American Rock. You know, if 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 Jeff had said American Rock at the start of the show instead of American Rock Band, uh, I would have said like you know, obviously Granite. Granite. You know, yeah. that's uh, what I mean is that <laughs> yeah. what I meant with that post was that like not like a type of smile, but just like Yes. I yeah. Yes. So I was a little concerned about grimace. it because it's yeah. not a big toothy smile. Mm -hmm. No. It's this very sly kind of grin, like she's in on some sort of joke <laughs> that she's in with Da Vinci and maybe nobody else is in on it. Yeah. Which is, you know, look, that's one of the big reasons why the painting is so iconic and her smile is, is, you know, a thing is the fact that it is mysterious and you don't quite know what she's, this is not your usual someone posing for a portrait and has like this trying to put on the most winning smile possible, you know, turning on the, uh, the charm to 10 plus because they know they're having their portrait painted. There's something else you think, possibly going on in the paint in the portrait with her smile specifically. And that's what makes it so interesting. Hmm. Is that where you chose it? Uh, exactly right. I mean, um, 
I think because it, it probably is the most famous or the most talked about or the most, um, uh, you know, it, there's something knowing about it that you don't know. You'll never know. I think like Richard said, it's this mystery. It's a mystery smile. It's something that is, and also it's what now 600 years old, 500, 600 years old, this painting. And it still kind of captures this moment, maybe because it's passed down or talked about um, through song or um, movie references or um, uh, it is just this kind of hallowed thing. And it has been kept this, hallowed thing is the most famous painting in the world or probably will be for a long time it's probably the most protected painting in the world obviously it wasn't always that way but has become this sort of this image or this cherished thing um that now it's behind you know six inches of uh, you know protective glass and i'm sure um, has a lot of other fail safes to protect a painting about mm -hmm. a girl with a slight smile um yeah. just it's it's just one of those things that like, I, I, you can't really explain it to like an alien civilization. It's certainly not anything. It's like, <laughs> uh, this is the, this is the one, this is the thing that you're mm -hmm. going to all rally around as this thing. And you're just like, yeah, well, I guess you gotta be kind of human. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be one of us to know what, why this thing is and continues to be and has been like, so uh, cherished. Mm -hmm. yeah, here it is. The pinnacle of human art achievement. Yeah. Uh, painting of a woman yeah funny our, huh. our our podcast i think we're trying to find the best ostensibly the best or the most represent most representative thing it seems like we usually come up with the most far side version of something like like <laughs> that would be if there was a painter in the far side it would be the mona lisa <laughs> you know it would be the far side probably uses this as an inside reference that everybody knows what they're talking about you know, uh, it seems like when we talk about Dracula's or cavemen or, or horses or whatever, there's always as Jim Larson would have rendered it. <laughs> I also wonder you're talking about Richard, like, uh, was it at that time a pretty damn big smile because people were miserable back then? You know, everybody had That's gout true. by the time they were 20. <laughs> it was that about as good as somebody's going to muster. I wonder that, if people who, yeah, people who saw the painting right after it was made, it was like, what's she smiling so much about? Yeah. What's so good in her life? Yo, hey. ML. Dial it back, ML. Yeesh. <laughs> uh, I, I see three. I see three in a quick search. Uh, three far side Gary Larson cartoons. <laughs> uh, first, uh, with a bunch of Mona Lisas, and it says 16th century Mona wannabes. Uh, <laughs> one, a far side gallery cover. Uh, with uh, a cow as <laughs> the Mona Lisa, and then uh, <laughs> one with uh, Leonardo painting um, the Mona Lisa with a dog, uh, questioning how great a master he could be. So he's covered. <laughs> he's covered it all. You know, he's got it. He's got it covered. Okay. All right. I wonder, I wonder right. too if that is another another thing that like aliens could not understand. They came down from okay. Earth, or maybe let's get to, or like Chat GPT or some sort of AI. Just like it's like Homer Simpson. I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah. Here. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, well, what's your second choice, Michael Winfield? My second choice is Julia Roberts. And also on my list. Okay. We're, really? we're, right. We feel very, I think we're, um, we're smiling in the same direction. And yeah. I think that she has a very 
big mouth, but proportionately big <laughs> to her uh, personality and her face. It doesn't look like abnormal the way that like Bruce Spence's mouth looked in like Return of the King when he was like the mouth of Sauron and it was CGI'd like one in, in an, you know, one in a three quarters times too big where it's just dominating. She just has this amazing, like when you think of like this movie star sort of smile, this big, big mouth, big teeth, very pleasant. Every, everything about it, I think, is just like when you think of like a movie star, smile, starlet, whatever you want to uh, categorize it. And I think that she just has that sort of, that aspect of her as a performer, be it only just her looks, I think is... Uh, just very iconic and when you that was like the very after Mona Lisa which is the very first thing I thought of was just like oh my this is when you think of big smiles you think of and it's like the opposite it's the exact opposite of the Mona Lisa it isn't hmm. sly it is just big and grand and happy and like okay well you're you're you can tell this person a joke and the smile is gonna take up the entire room you know yeah, I went for it on unsure volume pretty much as well. <laughs> I mean, I think you're you're getting more smile for your dollar with Julia Roberts oh, than sure. just yeah. about everybody else. But to Michael's point, it's proportional for some reason. It works. It, it's not not mm -hmm. too much teeth. Even though it's Why is it when Eric, I mean it's not like Eric, Maria Eric, Shriver or anything like that. Eric Roberts has pretty much the same smile, but when he smiles, it's kind of like scary. It's kind of like mm. a because no, like he, he sharpens his teeth to a point. Oh, he does. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, guess who's at halftime? Now we got here quick. Yeah, we just started. <laughs> uh, um, so there's probably uh, if you go to the website or just search in uh, um, your podcast uh, um, aggregator, you're going to find probably different ap episodes about different parts of the body. So. Head to toe, we have you covered here at the Mount Rushmore podcast. I'm sure we got something about necks, probably something about the thoraxes or like the xiphoid processes. And then I think we have a, we have a, definitely have a torso episode in there somewhere. The Mount well, Rushmore pel pelvises. Elvis you know, I know one, we won that one. I know we're like halfway, I know we're like halfway through, but yeah, uh, no pick. Like last week, you were so, so quick to throw up pictures of all these different things that we've been choosing. If you if you're watching like the YouTube version of it, nothing nothing this week. The one visual. Yeah. Sometime we talk about a, we talk about a visual component and Jeff. Nothing. Love it. I'm in the office. I'm 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 I'm, I'm <laughs> at my office. I'm normally yeah. normally home. Uh, the office starts start searching for like Eric Roberts smile and they're like, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> maybe in the edit, I can probably add. Maybe I can add him in. He's using yeah. the uh, company Shutterstock account to find yeah. royalty free yeah. photos yeah. of Eric yeah. Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, I, we got a good knees episode, uh, something mm. about calves, I think early 2017, I think we did something about calves and then feet, um, probably later yeah. this year, we'll try to do that. So we want to, that's going to be very, very, very well, uh, received and on SE for SEO purposes, the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Milton Bradley brought to you by operation, uh, the game. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, now we're back and Richard's going to tell us what his third choice is. My third choice is Irvin Magic Johnson. Oh, super. Um, super choice, Richard. Maybe the first celebrity that I could think of as a, I remember as a kid where I remember some hearing the phrase, a smile that lights up a room. 
just somebody who kind of came into basketball and was immediately one of the most popular players in the NBA. Yes, because he was amazing on the court. He was 6'9", and he played like a played point guard and could do these things with the basketball that nobody his size had ever really done before and did it with so much flair. But a lot of that had to do with just his personality and how gregarious and seemingly fun-loving he was and just had this million-dollar smile, so to speak. And that's something that has served him well throughout his playing career, now his non-playing career. You know, I remember when he announced that he, had, he was HIV positive, and I think we've talked about this on the show. That was a really, because I was a big Lakers fan, that was a really devastating day for me. But even throughout making this horrible announcement, he was still found a way to give smiles, and it kind of made you feel a little bit better, like, hey, maybe everything's going to be okay, and fortunately things have been okay. And, you know, he's someone who's been a celebrity for, you know, 40-some years now. And I, it's hard to think of people with a warmer smile than Magic Johnson. Absolutely. Yeah. I Even in the NBA, <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were no. coming off of an era in the NBA. It's important for people who don't know NBA history. But in the 70s, it was, there was, there were drug scandals, you know, things, it was, it was a lot more roughhousing and fighting than you had today. It was just a very, considered to be kind of a, a dark time for the NBA. So him and Larry Bird kind of come, come out of college at the same time. And Larry Bird's got this kind of hayseed sort of appeal to it, to him. And Magic Johnson has this very, like, you know, warm, outgoing, you know, somebody that you want to be associated with immediately. And it helps to elevate the NBA, not just on the court, but off the court. Mm-hmm. And really did wonders for the marketing of the NBA and being able to turn. I mean, NBA finals weren't even being shown live on network television before Magic Johnson. Hmm. They were shown on tape delay, like late night, half the time. So he, you know, his sort of force of, of personality kind of cult of personality is this, just this warm winning smile that he had and, and way about him that just, always seemed to be laughing and having a great time, whether it was on the court or off the court made you want to be interested in the NBA. Hmm. And, you know, Magic Johnson's personality is probably a big reason why I started watching the Lakers in the first place and started really caring about the NBA. That's a fun choice. Okay. Uh, Winfield, what's your third choice? My third choice is Tim Curry. Um, Oh yeah. And I think because he has, this kind of dual nature of his, of like the smile that goes along with him. He can have a really big, uh, you know, uh, uh, Julia Roberts type smile, mm-hmm. like is kind of seen in, you know, Rocky Horror. Or when he's kind of more, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter was the villain in that as well. But when he's playing something uh, a little bit more devious, uh, he has like this very, like almost pinched, um, almost like the Grinch like smile that can curl up around as if like his face is split in two and it's mm-hmm. like it goes all the way up from like the bottom of his lip all the way to you know to the sides of his nose and he's just like he just 
has this amazing ability, I think, as to like transform like his face from being very he can be very, very dour looking into being something very devious or very big. He's got like just such a wonderful control over that type of like what you're putting out as like a as what a smile can convey it conveys not only like happiness and dryness and, and you know something secret but also something like evil like he like he's just got such a great evil smile going on and i don't know if uh like the like his sort of like grinch like smile comes out of it's, it's you know i think that's the one of the interesting things about this is like these smiles are that people have are developed naturally over time you smile how you smile you smile how you smile and it's just like oh he can at some point he looked in the mirror as a kid or a teenager or whatever he's like oh i can do this really gruesome this thing and <laughs> like it's just like an aspect of his personality and mm-hmm. uh, or at least as he can portray himself as a character or whatever and mm-hmm. i don't know uh you know when i was thinking of types of smiles it was definitely i just thought oh i thought the grinch and then i was like oh but who else there's a human out there that looks like a grinch too and it's uh definitely um well, not Jim Carrey, but uh, 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 Tim Curry, you know. Uh-huh. That's funny. I think we're, we're starting with Mona Lisa. It, it seems like the secret is what people think the smile is a key to. And I I always wonder, like, are, are smiles just these kind of curtains that reveal and seal your teeth? <laughs> this thing that's going to bite you? Or, uh, or is it like, it almost seems like this thing that reveals or conceals this secret. I feel like Julie Roberts is like, you know, she's kind of revealing that she doesn't have any secrets to keep from you. She's happy just to pull you into her friendship. But it seems like Tim Curry, especially Dr. Frankenfurter, you know, or it, or right. uh, the devil, the devil and legend, or a butler, you know, all seems to have these kind of like uh, these unspoken things that uh, they're definitely choosing not to reveal at that moment, but they could come out to bite you. So uh, that's a fun <laughs> choice. All right, Manfredi, what's your fourth? I have two options here, and they're both really good. So I gotta, oh. I, I gotta make a call here, and I am going to go with David Letterman. Oh, okay. The gap tooth grin, so yeah. to speak, very Alfred E. Newman looking, looking grin. Oh, I should have gone with Alfred E. Newman. Oh, yeah, you should have. <laughs> uh, and more than anything else, just kind of a smile that's that I think could best be described as pardon my French, a shit eating grin. Yeah. You know, that sort of sets the tone for what a David Letterman show is going to be like kind of letting, you know, in the audience that, Hey, I'm in on the joke too. And this, isn't this all ridiculous? You know, the fact that I'm interviewing this celebrity and we're talking about nonsense and I'm going to give you this, I'm going to throw out a, completely random you know question that has nothing to do with anything then i'm going to give this big grin to let you know hey isn't it funny that i'm screwing up this interview and making this poor celebrity uncomfortable mm-hmm. or whatever it is that it happens to be doing it's kind of his grin kind of became a symbol of the the anarchy of the show and you know whether it's late night or or whatever version of it that he, he was on. It was kind of this, this sort of like signal to the audience that, hey, I'm not taking this seriously. I'm being sarcastic about this. You shouldn't take this too seriously either. 
Was it just because because he didn't get his teeth fixed as some people in Hollywood might have? It almost seems like uh, uh, the uh, the 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 rotten kid in the neighborhood, like the Dennis the Menace, was now hosting the show. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It 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 didn't feel like a polished. It didn't feel like Johnny Carson was hosting the show. Yeah. You know, a polished celebrity who's kind of you know kind of Mm -hmm. looks the part. It acts the part is someone whose job is to make the other celebrities that are on the show feel very comfortable and able to perform their best. Letterman wanted to make the celebrities he had on the show a lot of times uncomfortable mm-hmm. and get them out of their comfort zone and see what happens if I ask him a really uncomfortable or strange question. Yeah. And I think the smile that he would give as he was doing that, I think was a big part of the, the shtick, so to speak. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun choice. Yeah, I think, you know, now he's got this uh, Methuselah kind of beard. <laughs> he's on Netflix right. and he's kind of doing this victory lap where he's the uh, uh, grand old man. But he was such a essentially a punk rock comedy icon for, you know, 15 years, at least of his beginning of his career. Yeah. Th- yeah, I mean, nose it, at it. yeah, in old age, he has sort of be- gained... I guess wisdom or maturity or sincerity mm-hmm. that he didn't have before because you know in his prime it was just all being a smart ass. He was basically the smart ass kid at the back of the class, you know, making cracking wise and throwing spitballs at the teacher. Yeah. Um and that smile was a a big part of it. Mhm. I yeah, don't know if you He's definitely in the I don't I don't need to be here sort of phase of his life. Like, yeah, I don't need to be doing any of this. I'm here. So I, I'm, you know, you, I guess you want me, I, I want to be here, but I don't, I don't need this. I don't need any, yeah. I don't need any of you. Yeah. Mean, you watch, you watch him now. Like I, it's May as we're recording this and the Indianapolis 500 is coming up next weekend and he's a co-team owner and he'll be around the speedway throughout the month. And when you see him interviewed and he he's asked about the Indianapolis 500, the smile that he gives as he's talking about that is a totally different smile than he would give that you would see him with while he was on the show, his you know talk show, one of his talk shows. So that kind of tells me that you know there is a performative aspect to the smile that he had, or at least he was definitely in a different mental place than he is today. Mm-hmm. So I find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you job for so long as to stick to the man and then you become the man and you're the man right. for so long, you have to kind of soften or just change your attitude. I don't know if you, this is a weird question. Is Elvis Costello on your list, Michael? No, he's not. In his autobiography, Elvis Costello talks about the shape of his mouth, like basically says, my mouth looks like I'm about to tell somebody to fuck off, like the, just the very <laughs> shape of it. And so people my whole life have thought I was a punk jerk. Uh, I have gotten a lot of people who didn't like me just when they first saw me, just because of the way my face is, um, which I thought was an interesting self-observation. I'd never heard anybody say before, but he basically kind of said, you know, my resting, the way my mouth naturally rests looks like I'm uh, in the shape of an F. 
which I think uh, uh, is is what people think I'm about to say. <laughs> that yeah, you know, the the person I was going to choose my my second choice. I'll throw this. I'll just we're we got a lot of time. This is a quick episode, so I don't care about running long. Uh, um, is Shane McGowan was going to be oh, okay. my choice? Wow, just for someone who actually a was was iconic for having maybe not the prettiest smile known to mankind maybe one of the more gruesome smiles mm-hmm. known to mankind and about eight years ago got dental work and had all of his teeth fixed. And now he's got a normal, you know, it's like with the exception of what he insisted one of his teeth is is gold. <laughs> That's that he has a very normal and, and, and decent looking smile now. Wow. So I, I find that interesting. We will, I will have to put some pictures on this just to show that. Cause I can't wait to Google that. Oh, that's crazy. Michael, what's the, what's the last one? Well, this is a, a nice little segue into mine. And um, we're talking about veneer and we're talking about like the uh, kind of a fake person, personage mm-hmm. over your smile. And so my final choice is uh, Mr. Tom Cruise, who oh, of course. Has, a very, has a very nice smile that feels like it has been worked on over the years to gotten to a point of like perfection, right? Like he's definitely yeah. a guy who has a million dollar smile um, because it's probably has cost a lot of money to work on over the years, but he's the type of person or it feels like he's the type of person. I'm not saying anything um, uh, slanderous here where um, he has worked over 40 years in the movie industry to craft an image of who he is and what he looks like. And he's definitely someone who has like this combination of uh, a smile that is really good. Like his teeth are really good, but they're not perfect. Right. A lot of his smile comes from his eyes. He's got like that kind of the smizing, thin, you know, uh, um, he's like smiling with his eyes and his mouth mm-hmm. at the same time somehow. And he's probably learned how to do that over the years. <laughs> and I'm um, looking back at like old pictures of him. I guess he has a chip in one of his teeth that he used to wear like a cap over that he would take out for like a role here and there or for like, um, like the outsiders. He would take it off so it looked like he looked more... Um, kind of uh messed up and kind of tough mm-hmm. than usual and um i don't know he's just like one of those you know you think of movie stars and you think of this idea of like you have all this money to per- perfect yourself and then you think of someone like um like a will ferrell who has just like he's got this gargle of teeth in his mouth that they're all they're crazy to look at if you like there's close-ups in like anchorman where his they're just left and right up and down who knows what's going on and like at no point has he ever fixed those <laughs> and because he hasn't had to his his job isn't like being a beautiful celebrity or a beautiful like a you know a talent on screen his job is to be funny so his teeth mm-hmm. that happen to be <laughs> you know go eight different directions it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't affect his his certain profitability but someone like a Tom Cruise definitely has that. And maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know how much work he's done. I don't, but it feels that way. And right. I think the celebrityness of him or his personality as someone who has really well crafted himself over the years, um, I think a lot of it comes out in how he presents himself. And his smile is this, I think, a, a huge part of it. I think there's an unnaturalness, assuming mm. that's a word. Um, unnaturalness to his smile, you know, that a makes it feel like it's something alien, 
Yeah. And B makes you feel like this isn't just something that I, I picture him as somebody who spends a lot of time in front of a mirror practicing smiling to try and make it look as human as possible <laughs> and him getting mad at himself going, no, that doesn't look human. Try it again. And then trying to give another warm smile. No, not good enough. And just doing that for hours. <laughs> yeah. In, was it Night at Night, the Roxbury and there, that superstar where he's playing kind of young people, young kind of not ugly people. It's yeah. kind of disturbing to see those where his hair is straightened and he just looks just weird. It's just really <laughs> weird to see him look attractive in those. So, all right. So that is the Mount Rushmore of smiles. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you guys for coming up with such great uh, choices and uh, going up on the Mount Rushmore. Let's go with Mona Lisa. Let's go with Julia Roberts. Let's go with Magic Johnson. And let's go with the correct answer, which was William Defoe. Willem Defoe. Oh. <laughs> so, what a handsome looking in, shark. Coming in at number four, Willem Defoe. He was on. He was on Letterman, where he's in the first Spider-Man, the second one, where he's talking about um, his his dual roles as Norman Osborn and maybe I've told this on the podcast before. No, Norman no. Osborn and no. the Green Goblin, and he was saying the studio uh, told him that he needed to go into makeup to get a set of teeth molded um, uh, for for the for the movie, and he was he was saying, "Oh, great! Am I going to have?" some really scary green goblin teeth <laughs> made and they said no we need you to have some no normal teeth made for norman osborne so people aren't afraid of you as norman osborne doing a quick like just a quick image search for willem dafoe he smiles a lot with his lips closed he's probably someone who's so self-conscious of it like all these like the first dozen or so pictures he's just smiling at this so he must be someone who his smile over the years he's probably like oh i i hate the way I, this looks so that's very it's very interesting that that is the comment that they gave to him and that mm -hmm. they're relaying as well yeah that's interesting okay dudes this has been the matt rushmore of smiles uh i'm always jeff i'm richard i'm michael